Hey everyone, welcome back to the Blockchain Podcast. And today I want to cover the news of last week a little bit briefly. And then I want to talk a little bit about strategies that you can uh, kind of employ in this bear market and look at how a crypto asset or crypto assets in general can kind of fit into a, you know, a more risky portion of, say, your broader portfolio. I think there's not been a lot of talk about how um, crypto fits into maybe a more traditional um, financial portfolio. And, you know, obviously it's a risky asset and so forth and it has a lot of volatility, but that can play a role, especially if it's not correlated to some other um, more traditional assets. So we'll talk a little bit about that later in the podcast. So what we saw this week was Bitcoin keeps on coming down. It's about 3200 And the question on everyone's mind is kind of where is this going to stop? Where where is uh, Bitcoin going to come down to, bounce off of, and either move sideways or hopefully move back up? And that's obviously if I had a crystal ball and I knew the exact answer, I probably wouldn't tell anybody actually, but you know, I don't. I don't have the answer. But looking at it and looking at kind of the sentiment out there, a lot of people think it's going to bounce off of 3000 And what I've kind of found in all my days of trading and, and investment research is that you know, it's rarely what people think is going to happen actually happens because no one obviously, uh, you know, knows. And then collectively people kind of, you know, um, look at something. Everyone's looking at something. Everyone's waiting for something and they'll either buy it up before that or they'll, you know, break through and then they'll keep on going down because someone had some stops there. And you can have just a lot of different scenarios. So 3,000 is not necessarily the bottom. Like I said in the previous podcast, we could see anywhere down to 2,500 to 3,000 or maybe even down to 1,500. And so the jury is still out on how far we can come down. And we could actually bounce from where we are now um, at 3,200. We could come down to 3,000 and then bounce off of that and head back up for a little bit, maybe up to 4,000 or so, maybe mid four. Um, these aren't predictions, just kind of rough guesses, but then it can come back down. And what I'm looking for, uh, at least myself personally, is kind of very different uh, change in sentiment related to um, kind of investment perspective um, uh, from the general community, um, the general financial community, and the general crypto, crypto community. You kind of want to see um, people either... Um, so fearful that you know they they're just like I'm out and that's a final capitulation. You kind of want to see you know all of the washout from layoffs from uh, um, these ICOs and uh, big companies. You want to see those layoffs happen. You want to see this purge happen, and you want to see it you know pretty aggressively. Right now it's not you know some could say it's aggressive, but it hasn't been super super aggressive yet. And I'm I'm actually looking at the big names like Coinbase and Bitmain to kind of uh, capitulate a little bit in their. Um, yeah, you know, with their staff, if you will, by uh, announcing some layoffs. And there's been some uh, items in the news around that, you know, such as status. They've laid off about 25% of their workforce or are going to, and they're kind of uh, on the Ethereum sort of blockchain-related uh, project, I should say. Consensus, a big a big uh, um, player in this industry, is looking to lay off about 13% is projected of their workforce. And then uh, last time I talked about Steam, it laying off about 70% of their staff. And so that's just going to keep coming each week. We're going to see a little bit more of that. A lot of ICOs have also been... Uh, you know, burning a lot of their ether, not burning, but selling a lot of it as the prices come down. I think at the time of this recording, ether is about $85. And so as that continues to come down, you know, there's a lot of stress on the balance sheets um, and then the, you know, the, the uh, burn uh, rate for a lot of these ICOs. And we're seeing stories and uh, pop up to that effect where, you know, they're having to cut, um, they're having to sell. 
and that selling puts downward pressure, but then also that cutting um, undercuts the momentum of building uh, on top of different blockchain projects, which presumably adds value to those projects. So we're seeing all of those things happen. But what we haven't seen, even with those you know smaller folks laying people off, we haven't actually seen a big move by, say, Bitmain um, or Coinbase. Talking about Coinbase, um, they have been uh, trying to add a bunch of new coins, altcoins. So before they had said, you know, we're not going to add any altcoins, you know, we're not, we're just going to stick to a handful. Maybe they didn't say in those exact words, but they're very adamant against adding tons and tons of uh, coins. Now they've kind of flipped and they're looking to add a bunch of coins. They want to add tons of coins. And I think that's tied to low trading volume. And that low trading volume uh, means less revenue for them, less people coming in buying, less transaction fees. And so I think this is their way of trying to add more volume and add more income. But, you know, when all these assets are dropping so much, you're, you're, you know, typically you take, you know, a percentage of the uh, coin being traded back and forth. And then you have to liquidate that and turn that into cash and so forth. So as these are all coming down, that still becomes, you know, your margins become slimmer because the percentages that you're, you know, getting is less. And now, of course, you could change the percentage and you can increase the, you know, the, the fee per trade um, in that uh, denominated currency. But overall, uh, volume has been way down compared to, say, last year at this time. And so I think Coinbase is trying to compete with the likes of Binance and others. And I think all of them are hurting. So one, so I guess to kind of summarize, um, when we see Binance, when we see Bitmain, when we see Coinbase, you know, kind of uh, announcing some uh, layoffs, then we know that uh, either we're about to turn the corner, you know, or we know that, you know, we have further to go down. And I know that's not very helpful in predicting the future, but I should say that it's an event worth watching and looking at very diligently and very closely when that occurs to see where we are in the cycle. I think the only, the only folks that I know of that uh, uh, seem to be doing quite well uh, from a financial point of view would be block one and the EO sort of project because they raised so much money and uh, apparently converted a lot of that to cash, if not most of, or all of that to cash, which was very wise. So they're sitting on billions of dollars. Uh, a lot of those projects that uh, are under it or building on top of it, you're seeing more and more projects uh, being built on top of EOS. But you do have issues with the EOS block producers not making very much money anymore because EOS is under $2. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about the break-even point for that being somewhere on the order of uh, above $2. So you're seeing a lot of stress overall uh, across the market, and I think it's kind of good. I think it's a good purge, and I think it's healthy, and I think it's necessary. Now, on the flip side of this, you actually see Facebook doing a bunch of hiring. Now, it looks like you know from latest reports that they have a team of around 40, 40 blockchain developers, and they're trying to recruit more and more. I think a lot of people would be suspicious of Facebook, but they definitely have an active sort of program internally. And, you know, one could easily imagine that they're looking to launch some sort of cryptocurrency or explore the space or something to that effect. But they could launch something this year, next year, um, or years later. But it's very interesting that during this kind of route that uh, they're uh, picking up people um, and trying to integrate them into some sort of internal project that there's not clear a clear indication of what they're trying to do. So I find that very, very interesting. Another thing I talked about in my last podcast was kind of liquidation of coins and something I wanted to bring up and talk a little bit about as well, kind of this uh, pertaining to this bearish market is if Bitmain, for example, does get in trouble um, with uh, their cash flow or you know their uh, assets or whatever the case may be, they may need to start and they may have already started liquidating their huge holdings of Bitcoin cash. And since there was the Bitcoin 
ABC Bitcoin Cash sort of fork with, uh, uh, or the Bitcoin SV fork from Bitcoin Cash, they presumably have a whole bunch of Bitcoin SV as well. So Bitmain's probably sitting on a ton of Bitcoin Cash and a ton of Bitcoin SV, um, Bitcoin Cash SV. Weird names. I don't. I don't know what the proper name is yet. What things have been settled on, but um, you could see a lot of downward selling pressure if they're forced to sell. And I don't know what their balance sheet looks like. I don't know what their cash flows look like. Um, they could be great, uh, but reports and rumors are that they're not so great, and that wouldn't be surprising at all. With all this uncertainty, it's actually quite difficult to figure out what to do in the space at this point. Uh, what strategies you can employ? Do you you know sell everything, go away, and come back years later? Uh, months later, whatever the case may be, or do you hold on to your uh, coins and just let it ride? You know, and that's kind of that uh, hodl sort of mentality. I actually hate that word, um, but do you just hold and you know let things go and see where where things end up? Um, do you start building in the space? Do you build a business around it? Do you shut down your mining farm? And so all of these things are playing out. So people are shutting down their mining farms. That's a significant one that's been happening for months and months. There are people who are shutting down their startups and their projects that's been happening for months and months. So what do you do in this situation? You know, thinking about this from a, kind of a portfolio point of view. Uh, I think we all know that crypto is very, very volatile, that, you know, it can go up to 20,000 and back down to 3,000, uh, it can lose 80, 90%. So that's a huge volatility. Um, but over time, over a long period of time, since 2010 or 2015 or whatever the case may be, it's been, you know, a pretty big rise. You know, you've seen returns that you, you know, you rarely get in any sort of asset out there. So it's been very, very volatile. But volatility can go both ways. It can go way up and it can go way down. And typically it does just that, it does both of those. And so you kind of have to figure out where this fits in your broader portfolio. And if you're kind of um, familiar with kind of diversification, all of these other things, uh, you can argue that, you know, a small portion of your portfolio can uh, be allocated to these super high volatility sort of assets. And, I, and I'd argue that crypto, and this is something I've kind of pondered a bit and maybe a whole discussion in itself is, you know, crypto in that whole category seems to be an asset class in and of itself, probably somewhere deep in the you know, alternative asset space. So in alternative assets, you might see things like commodities. You might see things like venture capital or private equity sorts of things. Um, but you would surely see, um, you know, potentially, or I don't know officially yet, but you'd see, or what would be norm, what would be easily classified in that space or easily fit in that space, I should say, would be um, this crypto space where it's, a, it's very weird. It's not like a bond. It's not like a stock. It's, you know, not like a, um, you know, maybe it's a little bit like a commodity in some ways. Um, but there are so many facets and things and with the different tokens and different coins and how things are incentivized and utility tokens, et cetera, et cetera. So it seems like it's its own space. And so when you're kind of allocating, you need to, you need to think about, you know, how much am I willing to risk? You have to look at the volatility and, you know, kind of the, the answer is, and this is an investment advice, none of this is, but kind of the thought process is you shouldn't be, you know, putting in money, first of all, that you can't lose. And I think you've heard lots of people say that because you can definitely lose all of it. The product, the project can disappear, become non-functional, become non-tradable, and it can disappear. So you have to remember that this is a very volatile space and things can go to zero. With that in mind, you have to take a look at the space and say, you know, what should I do? Should I buy? Should I cost average? Should I, you know, buy monthly just a regular amounts? 
Uh, and I, I would say that if, if you're really into this space, you know, cost averaging over time is a healthy strategy. I would say having a small allocation and an allocation that you're willing to lose, it should not be anywhere near 100% of your portfolio. You should have plenty of other assets. You should be diversified across, you know, stocks, bonds, all these other things. Um, you shouldn't put all your eggs in a crypto basket. It's really, really unwise. And I think we've seen that. Now, with that said, with these lower prices, there are opportunities, there are assets that are interesting, there are potential growth opportunities, and you could see good return. You could still see losing everything, but you have these opportunities to see some good return. And so when you think about what you want to invest, when you want to invest, whenever it is, you just have to be very responsible and conscious um, about how much you're going to throw at this. Um, so just really take that to heart because I think a lot of people got burned, but it, it, it was a very, very aggressive run up. I mean, just a year ago, you know, we were at these all time highs and now we're at these, they're not all time lows, but they are very significant lows. So this can change dramatically. And I think the sentiment that I'm kind of seeing right now is that we have a long haul before we potentially see new highs and it won't be across the board. So that's something that, that's something that, you know, very much keep in mind that it, you know, the the rise, this next rise, whenever it is, if it is, isn't going to be across the board. You know, there's a lot more people who are wiser to this. They, they once enough people experience a market, you know, uh, volatility like this, they're more discerning, they're uh, less trusting, and there's lots of them out there now who have been exposed, whereas back in 2015, there weren't tons of people exposed. So the psychology has changed, and the psychology for the masses has changed. And so sticking to something, uh, you know, projects more along the lines of blue chips and that have very strong teams and very good fundamental products is probably what I would recommend. I mean, I, that's what I would recommend looking closely at. Um, but with anything, and especially new projects, these are, you know, these new you know, technologies built on top of any of these projects are kind of like startups, even maybe more risky than startups in some senses, because you're on top of a platform and a whole movement that, you know, may not be as um, uh, useful or as good or as, you know, promising as it may seem. And you see this, you see startups all across the board, you know, from artificial intelligence to machine learning to drones to all sorts of things. And lots and lots and lots of startups fail and lots and lots of ICOs fail and lots of lots of projects fail. So if you look at the statistics, the only reason that this could work out in the long run is because you have potentially high return, but you also have high risk. So you have to match those things. And, you know, typically the market doesn't give you any free lunches. And I think what you have to kind of do to kind of get ahead is you have to be smarter. You have to be aware. You have to be, you know, um, uh, you have to do your due diligence. But I think in this market as well, you have to be patient. I think patience is a real virtue right now because it's easy to jump back in and say, oh, it's down. I think it's going to bounce off 3,000. You know, it can easily go to 1,500. So if you get in at 3,000, you can lose another 50%, you know, 50 down to 1,500. Whereas if it bounces off of 3,000, heads to 3,700, you know, and you missed out on the, the bottom, you know, it's only a $700 spread, you know, which isn't a terrible amount, you know, uh, but it's more likely to go from 3,000 to 1,500, in my humble opinion, than to go from 3,000 straight back up to 6,000. Um, so keep that in mind too, just kind of the asymmetry there. And, and then think about, you know, if it does head down to 1500 or so, um, you know, and it has been up to 20,000 again, not saying that, you know, Bitcoin's going to do that again. There's a pretty interesting risk reward scenario in, in that case. Now, will we see that 
don't know, maybe a lot of other people are thinking that and they pick it up before that and maybe it hits 2,500, bounces off hard. But I just don't feel, and uh, at this point, this week at least, that a lot of money's coming, a lot of buying power is coming and people are very burned and very skeptical and there's still this unwind that's occurring. Now, with that said, um, again, there's probably projects out there that are very you know, healthy, um, that are very uh, potentially fruitful. You have some things going on with virtual reality and augmented reality and things of that nature. You have some things going on with dApps on uh, the EOS blockchain. There's plenty of money over in that uh, um, community, at least with block one, assuming they divvy that out. So there are opportunities, and I think now's the time to kind of look closely um, and also try to come up with some way of figuring out uh, what the valuation of these assets is. And that's, that's something that's been very fleeting. It's been very difficult to do um, for anybody because there's not, there's not really tools to do that. Um, some people uh, focus on the network effect, you know, what the, um, I can't remember the name of the model, but uh, more or less it's tied to, you know, how big the network is, how many active wallets there are. I'm not sure that's an accurate sort of modeling um, it put, you know, the uh, fair market value of Bitcoin somewhere on the order of 10,000 plus. But I don't know if that's the right way of uh, modeling it. And it could also be that, you know, Bitcoin's way undervalued right now. I think uh, I think the name is, I think Tom Lee, um, I think that's his name if I'm getting that wrong. You know, he's the fun strat guy. And I think he's a, you know, a bit of a cheerleader. I think a lot of folks in this space are actually cheerleaders, uh, a little bit too much so. I think it's become a little bit of a, a cult, uh, you know, the cult of crypto, if you will. And I think it's important to keep a level head and not to get caught up in that. It's really not useful. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're in crypto, you either believe in the political aspect uh, of crypto, you believe in those political ideals, and they are political, or you believe in, you know, getting some sort of return and making some money. And I think there are people in both those camps, and I, but I think everyone's kind of in the camp of I'd like to get some sort of return on this if, you know, if at all possible, that'd be really nice. And when you're thinking in that mindset, you, you have to be honest about that. You have to be honest about diversification within this space. Um, you know, the Bitcoin maximalist, um, that's fine. You can believe that, but that's a kind of a shitty investment strategy. Um, if you're trying to diversify and, and get rid of that diversification sort of risk, um, it doesn't make sense to uh, just put all your eggs in one basket, if you will. And of course, it makes no sense at all to put all your eggs in one basket and say crypto overall, say all your portfolios in crypto. That's very unwise. Uh, so you have to be smart. And the people who are going to, I think, benefit from this going forward are the ones who are going to be smart. There will be people that get lucky. You know, there's always people that get lucky, but I'd rather be smart than lucky. So with that said, I'll kind of close out this video. It was a little bit rambling. In the next set of videos, I'll probably add some more um, market-related stuff. I think there's some interesting things going on with the uh, Fed's increasing the rate. The stock market's kind of at this critical point. You know, where is it going to go from here? Is it going to come down? One could argue that if it breaks uh, some resistance points, uh, resistance lines, that it could come tumbling down. If the Fed increases uh, the interest rates on, uh, I think it's the 19th of this month, you know, that'll be interesting. You look at real estate, that's interesting. You look at yield, yield curve flattening. There's actually a lot of interesting things going on there um, as well. So I might touch on those in a future video. Uh, but with that, you know, we have the website. Check it out, blockchain.co. Uh, follow on Twitter, blockchain.co is the handle. And then find the YouTube channel, just kind of recording these podcasts for now. We'll add some more content on the YouTube channel over time, but it's uh, the Blockchain YouTube channel. And then, of course, there's SoundCloud, 
and iTunes as well so that you can pick up this podcast uh, just by subscribing. So do that, and if it's interesting, share it, and hopefully we can grow this a little bit and I can put some more time into it and kind of dive into some projects in more detail, do some more analysis, and kind of go along this ride with you and try and figure out things along the way, and hopefully between the, uh, you know, all the news and all the people and all the comments and so forth that we might be able to find, you know, kind of interesting projects along the way. So with that, I'll see you next time on the blockchain podcast.